everyone, I'm Christian Baldanzi Takio. And I'm Jalen Clary. And this is D4C Football Radio. Thanks so much for joining us today on a special edition on Monday, October the 5th. It is a deadline day edition, and there's a lot to go over. We got a midweeks match just to recap from the week before. We got some great weekend matches that we have. Um, we also have some Champions League group draws, Europa League group draws, and then we have the upcoming UEFA Nations League for La Nazionale. So let's just jump right in with everyone. Um, Let's get started with uh, Benevento and Inter from last Wednesday. 5-2 win for uh, Inter. Very exciting game. Benevento scoring two on that Inter defense. What do you have to say for that, Giuliano? Yeah, good win for Inter. 5-2 result. A lot of uh, standout performances. A little bit suspect in the back still. They have not improved that aspect of the game, and we're going to see as we touch in the Inter-Lazio game that it's... uh, still very true that this defense has a lot of holes in it but we'll focus on inter benevento right now look at the positives hakimi was an outstanding player on the right side again in this game uh, improving from his substitution appearance in the previous game against fiorentina galliardini scored a beautiful volley goal was a stalwart in the midfield put in a man of the match uh, performance and uh, lukaku chipped in with two goals and alexis sanchez put in another uh good performance uh for his first start in a while picked up an assist uh so overall i'm I'm pretty happy offensively uh but it's expected against a promotion team just not too happy with handanovic he made another big error in this game looks like that replacing uh, needs to happen soon yeah not looking good um just looking lackluster you know again conceding two goals um and uh, you know, all, all in all, a win is a win for a win. And a, a win is a win for Inter, and uh, we'll see what happens going down the road. I uh, just wanted to touch base on uh, Benevento here. Another horrendous game by Montipo. Yes. Uh, that giving up on Brignoli, who's now at Empoli, looks like to be a huge mistake for them. Uh, we'll touch upon uh, Brignoli a little bit later on, but uh, right now he is the goalkeeper of Serie B. I think Benevento should have kept him, to be honest. But uh, Gianluca Camprari, man of the match performance for him on Benevento. Two incredible goals. And uh, people in Zaghi is everything to be proud of with this Benevento side that, you know, they didn't have the ball much, but when they did, they took it to Inter. You know, 11 shots on goal, uh, six on target, five off. So that's pretty good for a side, you know, that uh, just came up from Serie B competing against a team that should be winning arguably the Serie A this year. Yeah, this game exactly went it went the way it should. Inter should have won. They got the result. The surprising part was uh, the two goals by Benevento, so congrats for them. They are scoring goals, which is impressive for a Serie A, you know, a recently said, uh, promoted Serie B team. Uh, so good job on them. Uh, and just one that f- the beautiful setup by Kolarov too on uh, on the first goal there. Yeah, I loved it. Great beat the entire team with a pass to Akimi. Akimi crossed right into the middle to Lukaku. That seems like it's going to be a a good partnership. Definitely. That little uh, Akimi to Lukaku. Those passes into the middle. He's uh, picking them out. So it's nice to see that uh, chemistry working out right now with uh, the offensive lineup. Definitely, definitely. So five two win for Inter. Three points in the bag for them. Uh, Benevento, you know, two goals. Great job. Let's move on. We'll touch briefly on this. Spezia beating Udinese 2-0. Surprised me. Congratulations, Spezia. First ever Serie A win. 
sorry for giving you all the slack that I give you. And congrats on the win. Udinese, bit of a disaster. Haven't scored a goal in Serie A yet. Yeah, no goals in three games for Udinese. They should have arguably had two goals in this game. Spezia just did better at converting their chances. That was the difference. And we're going to see that's the theme with the Sudanese team right now. Their converting of chances is horrendous at the moment. Lasagna is looking ice cold these days. <laughs> so Lasagna needs to uh, hit a run of form. Uh, but we're, we'll talk about him too because he did get called up for the national team, surprisingly. Uh, big standout for Spezia. Galabinov, the Bulgarian international striker. Picked up, uh, I believe, all the Spezia's goals so far this so season. So far, he's tied in the Capo Cagliari yeah, race early on. Three goals, so that's a standout performance. And on top of it, in this game, uh, Spezia had a red card from the 65th minute onwards, and they still scored an injury time and still prevented Udinese from uh, you know, getting any sort of result from this. So good job by uh, Vincenzo Italiano. Luca Gotti, you got to come up with something because this team not performing at the moment what do you think Christian well I've been saying this for a while that these two teams are two teams I think that are going to go down at the end of the season they're going to finish in those relegation spots Udinese is a mess we knew that coming in not much really invested in this team the focus is on Watford for the Putzo family not surprising for me this was a relegation dogfight this was a six pointer game as they call them when the bottom table teams play each other so congratulations to Spezia on that win but, uh, you know, there's not much else to say on that game. So let's move right yeah, on to... Congrats, congrats Betsy. Yeah, yeah let's, let's move on to that exciting... What was supposed to be that exciting game of Atalanta-Lazio. Still exciting. It, yeah, definitely exciting. At the Stadio Olimpico in, in Rome. Definitely exciting game. What do you have to say about this game? I, I'm just surprised that Atalanta took it to Lazio the way they did. It was. It, I'm speechless. Like it was a great game. Uh, Papu Gomez put in a man of the match performance. Two goals. Uh, Gosens played really well. Hans Hattebor, another goal for Hans Hattebor. A fantastic game for him. Sportiello showing he's a decent goalkeeper for Atalanta, filling in for Golini there. Tracosha for Ud- for uh, for Lazio, not such a great game. I would say arguably their best player on the field was Caicedo and Acerbi holding the back line holding what they could of the back line. What surprises me about this game is Lazio had the possession. They had the control of the game. Atalanta loves to control the game. They love to play the possession game and the the attack. And they had less of the ball, and they still put four behind Lazio. That's the amazing thing about this Atalanta team. Arguably, Lazio created more chances at scoring... uh uh, goals. They did. They game. had uh, eleven shots from better positions. I yeah, mean. They, just, uh, yeah. They had more shots. Just Atalanta's finishing in this game is off the charts right now. Papu yeah. Gomez is doing these wonder strikes. It seems like once a game. It's fantastic. Uh, you know, the for me the big matchup here, the big mismatch that Atalanta took advantage of was we mentioned it on our Twitter page. So go check out our Twitter page. But Hatabor versus Marosic and Lazari versus Gosens. They absolutely destroyed them on the wings they did Hatteborg Gosens that's their that's Atalanta's secret if you watch them if you want to clog up the middle Hatteborg Gosens will just play the game between themselves if the wings are taken you have the skill of uh, Gomez Malinovsky in this case and Zapata and Pasalic to uh, run the midfield and that's 
their secret sauce right there at Atalanta. They can go from wing to center. They can do it all. And on top of it right now, their finishing is off the charts. It is. It is. So Lazio didn't really play a bad game. Chiro right now is not scoring not like firing. he did last year. He's not firing. He's had a miserable week. Um, and that's the difference for Atalanta and Lazio. Atalanta, world-class finishing. Lazio, their goal scores aren't showing up. They're not. Right now, Atalanta top of the table. Yes. So let's move on to uh, the weekend that passed for week three, match day three. First game, Sampdoria-Fiorentina. Exciting game. Sampdoria got it together. They figured it out. And they got their win. Larinieri, he uh, figured it out. They he weren't going to lose three in a row. There was no way. No, they weren't. There's no way they were going to lose three in a row. So congratulations to Sam Doria on that win. Kandreva put in a standing performance. He did. You know, uh, this team, Sam Doria, even though the first two results weren't uh, great, the positives to take out of those two games were the amount of chances they were creating. Absolutely. And this time they just happened to convert them. Calderella drew uh, Ceccherini in for the foul, won a penalty, and Odero to set up the winning goal. What a, what a pass. Seriously. From his end. <laughs> looped how, right how, past about him, Odero, eh? how about him, Odero? How about him? Man of the match performance there. Yes. I think he was the best player on the field for Sampdoria in that game. Yeah, big saves. Huge assist at the end for the Vere goal. So, you know, Fiorentina, they played pretty well. They did. They just they struggle against teams that sit back, though, Fiorentina. That do. is their weakness. Well, they're a team that themselves sits back. Exactly. So when they had, they've had full control of this game, 65% possession. They had 18 shots on goal. Uh, only five of them were on target. But they really had full control of this game. Valovic, that scored the goal for Fiorentina, good game for him. Yeah, he um, made it up after that. Or yeah. showing in the Inter game, he's the reason why they lost to Inter. He did another good performance there by uh, Bartolome Dragowski in, in goal for Fiorentina. Solid goalkeeper there, Milenkovic. Another solid performance from him in the back there. Federico Chiesa, not really. He he did good he did on, okay. on his individual one on one battles. Yeah. He I think had something like seven dribbles in this game that he yeah. beat his opponent with. He did okay. And just no end product. That's no his weakness. Product. And uh, just to go jump back over to uh, Sampdoria, a better performance by Lorenzo Tonelli at center yes, back. He did picked was, up a yellow, but he played a better. He played a lot better. Better that back line was okay. That, that back four of Berzinski, Yoshida, Tonelli, and Algello. It was it was all right. It was all right. So it looks like Ranieri's figuring out this team. So congratulations to Sampdoria. That's a big three points for them. We don't know when they're going to win again, but they needed to. They needed something out of this game. Yeah, this was a good advertisement for City out of this game. Definitely a lot was. of good chances. One of the more exciting games so far this season, I would say. Exactly. So with that being said, let's move on to the next game. Sassuolo Crotone. Crotone scoring that goal. But Sassuolo. Kind of like, like the Atalanta game. Sassuolo, yeah. world-class finishing. Yeah. Crotone did have their chances. They converted one through a penalty. Through a penalty. They played a very solid defensive game in the first half. Yep. Uh, but they just uh, they fell apart in the end. They, they, didn't did. have, they didn't have it in them to last the full 90 minutes, and this is a 90-minute game. It is a 90-minute game, and uh, it was an exciting game. I would say another fantastic performance by Manuel Locatelli in midfield. 
Yes. Getting a goal. Domenico Berardi showed up for this game, scored a goal. Good for him. Goal Cap- assist. Goal Caputo. assist. Caputo for another two goals, banged in. This team looks great. But how about Ferrari in the back there at center back? He looked really good. Does look good. He looked really good. So maybe in that uh, very, 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 very narrow talent pool or very weak talent pool of center backs for the Italian national team, maybe there's an argument there if Ferrari keeps up his form. He's definitely looking. Um, You know, sorry to bring bring back to Crotone, just to take some positives out of this. Even though it was a 4-1 loss, that score does them no justice. The positives they got to look at is they had 15 shots versus Swolo 7. They did. So Swolo, like I said, world-class finishing. That was a difference. So Crotone, kind of like Sampdoria early on in the season, are creating chances now. Their weakness still is in that defense. The goalie and the center back pairings, they're, they're out of sync. Too many individual errors back there. Positives are they are out shooting teams. If they can fix that goal scoring uh, issue that they have, start popping in some chances, they may be able to take a few scalps in uh, the city uh, this year going forward. Maybe so, a few, but not a lot. Not a lot. There's still going to be a relegation candidate, but if you're controlling, you know, if you're creating 17 chances in a game, that's pretty good. Those are some good stats. For so, sure. For sure. Just got to score them. Absolutely. And get rid of those individual errors in the back. Absolutely. So, Sassuolo, another win for them. Congratulations. The next game was supposed to be Genoa-Torino, but with all the COVID-19 protocols in place and the amount of cases in this Genoa team, that match has been postponed. So, Genoa-Torino will be replayed at another date and time. Once we know when that is, we will be sure to let you all know. Going on to the next game, this one was a, was a dud. It was Roma-Udinese. Roma winning one nothing. But as a Jalarasi fan, we did not deserve to win that game. Udinese took it to us. Udinese just couldn't finish their chances. Kevin Lasagna had some like some fantastic chances. Great runs, but when it came to the finished product, couldn't put it in. He's bad. He's uh He's a cold lasagna being left out on the counter. This it needs guy. to be up, served on a plate for lasagna. He's, 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 a, he's stinking it right up. He lasagna. is. He is. He's stinking it right up. He does. Even if it's served on a plate, this lasagna, he can't score. He is. So something has to change. Absolutely. Cr- crazy goal. Cannon of a goal by Pedro. Very well placed. Unstoppable shot. Unstoppable shot. There is nothing that Musso could do on that. Uh, Rodrigo DePaul, solid game by him. On Udinese, I would say he was the man of the match there. But the one player I really want to touch on here, it's not Mirage Kambula, it's Roger Ibanez. Fantastic game by Roger Ibanez at center back. A lot of Romanisti don't really, are not really fans of this Ibanez kid, but he is fantastic. Fonseca believes in him and he repaid the faith by having a fantastic performance there. Gianluca Mancini, not a bad performance by him at on the right side there for defense. Uh, Antonio Mirante again solid as always the difference yeah solid as always he he's nothing fancy for a goalkeeper but he's solid he's solid fabulous shot stopper that's what he brings absolutely stays on his feet as long as he can doesn't commit to a side until he absolutely has to love that and which is big for Roma. Roma's biggest problem recent years has been their goalkeeping situation and their defense yeah and Mirante seems to be bringing calm to this uh you know this this defense now absolutely kind of a new signing 
You have Ibanez Mancini, very young defense, and he's bringing very, calmness to this back line. Yeah, which very, is good to see for Roma. It's it, it's there are some positives there, but this game didn't deserve to win. Jekyll was really off. Yeah, he he was he was a ghost in this game, I would say. And uh, do you think his head because of the failed transfer to Juve? I don't think so. I think uh, just it was it was one of those games. It was a one off game. One off. But we'll take the three points. Sometimes you got to. Sometimes you went beautifully. Sometimes you went ugly. This was definitely an ugly win for Roma. Congratulations, their first win of the season. Let's move on to the next game, Atalanta Cagliari. Eusebio hanging by a fine thread at Cagliari already. <laughs> When's he going to get the axe? The I question. don't know. It's hanging over his neck right it, now. It must be. It must be because Atalanta really brought it to this Cagliari team. Again, world-class finishing. Absolutely. Absolutely. But credit to Cagliari on one on one thing. Diego Godin, goal, not bad at center first back game. there. First game, first Good goal debut. for Cagliari. He's going to be a busy guy. Cranio, not the greatest game, but... Yeah, uh, his worst game of the season. Yeah, it's worst game of the games. season, we'll say. But uh, to go to Atalanta here, how about Pasalic? What a what a game by Pasalic. Amazing. Amazing, Amazing game by Pasalic. Zapata stepped up. Muriel played great. Papu Gomez, good as always. Palomino as well, eh? Palomino as well played really good on that left side. And uh, Lammers, the sub, the yeah. new uh, signing from uh, Holland, yeah, came in, danced his way into the goal, turned absolutely the defense inside out, yeah. Beautiful and goal by Lammers, beautiful goal, beautiful goal. So, Ka- yeah, Cagliari, in terms of tactics, he did switch it up slightly to a new formation, but it's the same story with Eusebio. It's it's Atalanta, he still comes out to try and press them, which they kind of did a good job, they did create two goals from their counterattacks through their pressing. But it's if you're gonna play with fire, you're gonna get burned, and they got toasted because look at that scoreline. You you cannot beat Atalanta at their game. You have to come up with a different strategy. And Eusebio, for the fourth, for the third, fourth time this season, change your tactics already. Adapt yeah. to your opponent because your team cannot line up head for head. No, you know, with a lot of teams in the city. So you got to do something different here because. It's not looking too good right now for it's you. It's not looking good at all. It's not looking good at all. Let's move on to the next game. Uh, Inter-Lazio. Thought this was going to be an exciting game. Turned out to be a bit of a of a dud. Yes, this was a dud. Um, Very cagey match. Yeah. Inter... I got to say, so this is, this is my problem. As an inter, I'm going to talk impartial. I'll try to be as impartial as possible, even though I'm an Inter fan. I got to give Lazio credit on this. In this game, they came in looking to use the dark arts of uh, football, you know, a bit of diving, a bit of tackle, you know, uh, slowing down the play. Their whole strategy this game was to slow down the play, bring Inter to their level because they had a big midweek fixture against uh, Atalanta. That was the one thing we were wondering, how are they going to line up the squad? It seems like they almost played the exact same lineup minus a player or two like Kare and Radu. And they were very tired, hence three injuries before half. Um, they, so they had to make the three subs there. They had all those injuries. They received a red card by Mobile, who had another stinker of a game uh, through Vidal. Yeah. You know, he <laughs> he kind of influenced that. But Inter just cannot get out of first gear. Again, they concede after having the lead. Yeah. Poor 
and the defense, you know, this was a tired Lazio team, but they were able to pick apart the wings, create crosses. They should have they should have won this game, Lazio. Yeah. So I don't know. Are they going to be hanging their heads thinking they should have won? I don't know. But still a very good result for a tired Lazio team with who lacks depth, which we discussed yeah. earlier on. This is more so a disappointment for this Inter. This is a big disappointment for Inter. They, a, they needed to win this game. They've dropped the ball now. They were lucky to beat Fiorentina, and they were lucky not to lose this game. Yeah. And their only victory, which you got to play, you know, you got to beat the opponents in front of you. The only victory so far was a 5-2 demolition of Benevento. Yeah. Where they conceded two goals. So this Inter team, I don't know what Conte is doing. Something has to be done with the defense. It is a complete mess. There's no chemistry yeah. between screen yards of Rich Bastoni. It was you know, and these are these are big names. I, I just yeah. don't know what's going on with this team. It, there's no, uh, you know, like the for me the game was screaming for an Ericsson to come in at the end. Yeah, and he brought in uh, Senzi and Brozovic. Ericsson to me is the most creative player in that squad. Yeah, and again was left on the bench. I just don't understand what's going on with the squad. They need to clean it up right away because if they're going to be the Scudetto favorites this year and have a chance of winning, they're not going to win it based off of these performances. This should have been a loss, and uh, that's all I can really say. They need a lot of improvement because this center team has not started the season well. Even though you look at the table, the table doesn't tell the whole story about this center team right now. So what did you think of Perisic in this game? think he did uh good offensively but again defensively Chiesa ripped him apart in the Fiorentina game and this game he was ripped apart by Lazidi. Lazidi just dropped the shoulder and Took would blow right by him. Took it to him he got beat at the far post for the goal by Milinkovic Savic he just didn't anticipate the ball like Savage did and he he was beat from the Acerbi pass uh, it was a pass from the left I believe to the yeah. right far post and just beaten you know when you have the lead it's just there's no excuses for these goals that Inter are conceding and I know Senzi got a red card too but the game was done by then it's sh- it, you know Patrick did all he could to you know get that get Senzi sent off for sure it was kind of you know, for sure, he did take a big dive, but Senzi, that was pretty stupid of uh, him to do that. And uh, you know, the only bright spot I can take out of this game is uh, maybe Vidal. He played a solid, yeah, he did solid game. He played solid. One player I want to touch on for Lazio played a great game. Uh, Acerbi again, yes, proven to be very solid in that back line for Lazio. Yeah, they handled they handled Lukaku and Martinez very easily. Yeah, they did. They did for sure. They did a good job. Yeah. And like I said, considering all the injuries, this the team had to be shuffled so many times by Simone Inzaghi, and he just his game plan worked. He yeah. slowed this inter team right down and made them play at their level. Definitely. Definitely. Not not in a bad way, but the Slatsu team was tired and he yeah. Definitely. Great great tactics by Simone Simone Inzaghi. Yeah. Antonio Conte got out coached that game. Made made up for that I think Lazio's happy with this tie. Made I up for so that. Too. Made up for that Atalanta game. I think a little bit, big time, big for time. sure. So let's move on to the next game. Uh, Parma coming out one nothing victors at Hellas Verona. Way to go, Luigi Sepe, picking up your first win. <laughs> big one, big one there for them. 
not an eventful match. No, it was goal it was, was in the very first minute. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a bore fest. Uh, just quickly touch upon this: Kurtic with the goal, with the winning goal, and the only goal. Good game by him on the Verona side. Marco Silvestri. Not bad in net. Uh, Gunter played a man of the match performance for in the center back there for Hellas Verona. They do look solid. They look like a solid team. And even DeMarco. DeMarco, great on that left side. Um, just want to touch on those couple of players there because they, they really stood out in this game, which was more so a bit of a snooze fest. And uh, just to move on quickly again uh, to the next game there. Before we go, I just want to say Liberani... Even though it was a bit of a snooze fest, this was a good uh, tactical change by him. He's recently been trying to make his teams play a little bit more progressive, bring the game to his opponents. His tactics this time, he sat back a little bit more, played on the counter. He uh, sucked Verona in, and they hit them. So very good job uh, tactics-wise by Fabio. Very good defensive display by uh, Parma. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry about that. Good win for Fabio Liberani's first Good game. win for Fabio first Liberani. Win with Parma. So let's move on. Speaking of Snorefest, there was another one in there which was uh, Benevento winning one nothing over Bologna. Montipo putting in a good performance this time. A man finally. Of the match. Man of the match performance. Finally. Finally. Luca Caldirola showing how solid he is in the center back there. This team, Benevento, did what they had, did what they had to do. This team's here to stay in City. I think two wins already. Another lucky win. They are holding out, you know, Montipo was the difference. But again, a lucky win. This performances like this are not gonna keep you in the league. Again, they were outshot seventeen to seven in shots. Bologna just cannot finish. That's a the theme of this weekend. Teams that can't finish their chances. They hit the target seven times Bologna and they couldn't convert one chance. Musa Barrow three chances, Soriano one, Svanberg three, Palacio one, Olsen four, Silvestri one, Orsellini one. How many chances do you need? Yeah. These guys cannot just put it away. But you do have to give credit to Montipo for that. Um, and, and that was the big difference in this game. Poor finishing by Bologna. Since Mihalovic must not be happy about uh, this result. No. But good on Benevento again. Yeah. They, uh, two wins. Two wins. You can't ask for more. Two wins. Six points in their first three games back in Serie A. Yes. Top of the table. They're up there. <laughs> up there, yeah. <laughs> Do you think they stay? No, definitely not. Definitely Europa not. League spots. Yeah, right. We'll see. Mid-table for sure. <laughs> yes. Speaking of top of the table, 3 nothing routing Milan. 3 nothing over Spezia. Routine win, I would say, for Milan. Wasn't that great. Even the scoreline, although the scoreline was 3 nothing, wasn't that exciting of a game. Uh, Hernandez, outstanding performance. Leao as well. Two goals for Leao. Yep, two goals for Leao. This Theo Hernandez showing why he's the best left back in the league. He's absolute class. Yeah, he really is. He really is. I think this Milan team didn't even get out of first gear, really. No, they, they haven't had to. Looking at their fixtures, yeah, who they they've played had. so far this season, they haven't had a real test. Their big test is going to be against Inter yep. uh, after the international break. Will be. So will this, you know, will this hinder them a bit because they haven't had to come out of first gear, really be challenged yet? Yeah. Uh, we'll see. That's all speculation, but they did what they had to do. Absolutely. But standing game from Leao and Hernandez, they destroyed that left side completely. They did. Uh, good performance by the young uh, Colombo up front, Lorenzo Colombo, <laughs> replacing uh, Ibrahimovic, who's still out. Cesare Mal- or sorry, Cesare Maldini. Uh, Dani- Daniel, Maldini Daniel Maldini made an appearance too, so congratulations for him. And another 
notable first appearance was uh John Jens Peter Hogg, who came from uh, Bodo Glimt, who yep. played Milan in their... Uh, the week before. Yes, and the week before in the Europa League fixture. He made such an impression that they bought him. Right uh, away. Yeah, he's is a young kid, outstanding. I think he has 14 goals in 17 matches for that Norwegian team, Bodo Glimt. So this kid's a goal scorer. He's an exciting talent. He almost put one away in this <laughs> game uh, when he was subbed on, so... A lot of young, exciting talent on this uh, Milan team. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. A lot to look forward to with them. And they're sitting on top of the table, I think, for the first time. And this is the first time yeah. in how many years since Milan won their opening three games? Long time. I have it here. Where do I have it? This is the first time in 14 years wow. since Milan won their opening Holy three games. Cow. So are we going back? Going Are we going back to the glory days of Milano? 2004 was the last time. That was a good year for them. 14 years ago. Wow, good on them. Good on them. So congratulations to Milan. 3 nothing win there. Um, there a little bit of controversy for the afternoon game. Got postponed. Juventus-Napoli. Yes, big, big first here. This we don't know. We don't know the. We don't know story. all the fine details, so we can't. No, we can't divulge in this too much. Uh, but this is a. F- this doesn't look good on the city at all. No, it what doesn't. What do you think? It doesn't look good. I mean, the according to the story, the basically Napoli was advised they were not allowed to travel to Turin for this game, to Torino, sorry, for this game. And uh, the Lega Serie A said the game could go ahead. So Juventus went through their regular routine, showed up to the game, was dressed, away, and then you had like those 10, 15 minutes for those of you that were watching it either on TLN or DAZN. Um, in Canada and just watching them awaiting the away team. I thought this was a bit of a joke that they did this. You knew Napoli wasn't there. You have the ref checking for goal line technology. You had a, th- you had a thousand fans in the stands. Like, yeah, it was it, just a big waste. It's a big waste of time. And when you look on social media, you got some Juventus fans saying that oh, Napoli was afraid. They didn't show up as a joke. Napoli is not afraid to play you guys. Believe me. Napoli is not afraid to play Juventus. They were told, and I believe they were advised that they were not allowed to travel. There's no way this team would not just not show up for a game and blame the protocol on COVID-19 pandemic for it. They were told not to show up. And yeah, they were advised that, that they couldn't travel. And I strongly believe that. And, and if Juventus sorry, if Juventus is gonna if Juventus is gonna appeal and try and get a three nothing forfeit win, that's a joke. That's an absolute joke. Especially with how tight the league's gonna be this year. A three nil forfeit win will be huge. And ultimately, like we said, we don't know the fine details of the story. It does come down to Who's lying? Is it Juve? You know, who's lying? Is Napoli lying about I don't think being told lying. they can't fly out? Uh, you know, that's what we got to see. I don't think Napoli's lying. Everyone's, no everyone's pointing the finger at everybody in this scenario. It just does yeah. not look good on City. Yeah. yeah. And there was supposed to be um, a decision today, but they've delayed the decision on what's going to happen. Until Wednesday, I believe. Right? I believe it's being so. thrown to the yeah. court of arbitration there. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I think the best thing you can do is postpone the game. Do not award a 3 nothing default win to Juventus. This is the top tier of Italian soccer we're talking about. Two heavyweights going at it. And if you're going to award Juventus a 3 nothing default win for that, that's a bit of a joke in my opinion. So enough about that. We need more details. Yeah, we need more details. But uh, that's we all. Hope, we hope to see a game. Yeah, we hope, we hope to see a game. Because that, that was supposed to be the highlight of this weekend. And uh, yeah. 
didn't happen. And no. I want to see that match happen. It didn't. But that's all we know. Once we have more information, check our check our Twitter page. We'll uh, we'll post what the decisions are and when this game will be rescheduled for what we hope will be rescheduled. At Radio Tifosi. Yes, at Radio Tifosi on Twitter. Now, let's move on to the Champions League because we had the draw of the groups. Uh, let's focus on our uh, our four Italian teams here. So let's focus on the first, on uh, Group B, your beloved Inter Milan. Inter Milano. You know, kind of... Uh, Inter always gets the, the short end of the stick in these draws. Drawing a tough group with uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach of the Bundesliga, Real Madrid, of we all know who Real Madrid is, of La Liga, yes, and Shakhtar Donetsk, who is a tricky team. They are going to be the team that everyone, I think, beats on in this group, but they're not as much of a pushover as some other teams are in this in this Champions League. No, so Inter has been shafted the last couple of years, uh, considering their coefficient has dropped, so they always get placed in either pot three or pot four, so they're always expected to be in one of the tougher groups. Overall, not a bad draw, considering they were in pot three still. Real Madrid is going to be a challenge, recently coming off the quadruple uh, in the last around five years, yeah. right? Five, six years. Much I'm glad back currently is sitting in 11th, so don't know what to expect from them. They're a bit of a bogey team. Mm-hmm. What Borussia are we going to be expecting coming into this Champions League? Absolutely. They were great last year, but they do seem to be struggling this year. Yeah. And Shakhtar Donetsk, this is the same Donetsk that Inter smashed in the semifinals. So, we'll see. Inter, we think, has only improved since then. It doesn't seem that way no. based off our analysis and their defense. No. But on paper, Inter... This shouldn't be even a question if they qualify to the group stages. They should be a given. This Real Madrid team, too, it's uh, kind of in a rebuild. A lot of new faces, a lot of young talent. So Inter, Real Madrid have to be one and two with Mönchengladbach and Shakhtar fighting for the other two spots at the bottom. Inter, if they don't, I know they are fighting for Scudetto this year. That's going to be their main priority. But to me, that's still not an excuse for them not to qualify out of this group. They have no reason. They have the depth in every position now to go forward and uh, get out of this group stage, something they have not been able to do in the last couple of Champions League campaigns. I think that's the one thing I was going to touch upon for Inter. It's going to be because it's so condensed, the group stage for the Champions League, because we're basically in catch-up mode now. It's going to be interesting to see how they line up. They do have depth. They have a lot of depth, the squad. But their main priority is a Scudetto. So the Champions League, according to Inter, is falls second on the priority list. So this is their schedule with this is their schedule with the group and the Serie A. Their next game after the international break is the Milan Derby. So you got the Milan Derby. Then four days later you're playing Muchin Gladblock. Then you should have Three points on the 25th, four days later, against Genoa. Then three days later, you're playing Shakhtar. Then you're playing Parma. And then this is where it gets a little tricky. You play Real Madrid on November the 3rd. Five days later, you're playing Atalanta. So, And that's gonna be that's where it's going to be tough. But if you win your games against Mönchengladbach and Shakhtar, you beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Yes. It puts them in a good position. Yes. So if they do their work They got to do their work early. Then They got to do it early. Then Real Madrid, you can go on that game looking for a tie, beat them in the second uh, game, and you go out and you and you play Atalanta with your full strength squad. Yeah, 
That's the way I look at it. Atalanta, too, we got to remember, is going to be going through the same thing. They are. In regards they uh, are. Of, of fixtures every three to four days. So, for me, no excuse. Inter has to come out of this group. And that's it. They have to. If they don't, it's a, it's a failure. It's going to be a, a black mark on Conte's uh, CV this season. Well, we know Antonio Conte's CV when it comes to knockout tournaments. It's not that great. Not great until last year. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, or not last year, last season, last I should season. say, which was only a couple of, uh, months ago. Yeah. So let's move on to the next. Uh, let's go to Group D. Liverpool, Atalanta, Ajax, and Micheland. This is going to be a high-scoring group. High-scoring group. Atalanta, Ajax. I can't tell you how excited I am for those two games. Those That home-and-home home series with them. That's going to be... These are two teams that have the same philosophy. You bring up your youth talent. You develop them. And you develop them in the stars. And I think it's going to be back and forth. Ajax and Atalanta. Ajax. Atalanta last year was the Ajax of... I think two seasons ago or the season before that. So it's going to be interesting to see how those two line up with each other. Liverpool is obviously going to be the biggest test. Be interesting to see how they line up. Yet Liverpool did lose, get smashed by Austin Villa, uh, showing their true colors. So, showing some League. weaknesses. Showing some weaknesses. So um, if I'm Gasparini, I'm not as scared of, of this Liverpool squad um, as I as people think they should be. So what are your thoughts on this group? I think Atalanta, Liverpool, the obvious teams coming out of this group. I don't think Ajax uh, have the depth in their squad anymore, especially since they did get rid of Donny van de Beek to Manchester United. Is he uh, even playing there? He's. I don't think he started a game, so I don't know what. That's. They're a mess, man. You. Yeah. Uh, Midgeland, who any who any uh, anyone who likes to follow Moneyball type stories read up on Michelin. They follow a money ball system. Very interesting team coming out of Denmark. And they're not that old of a club. And they're not that old of a club. They've won a few. something. Yeah, they've won a few Danish uh, championships. Yeah. But to go back to the top two teams, you know, Liverpool, they're going to have their hands full with this Atalanta team. Oh, they are. Liverpool have struggled against Italian teams. They lost to Napoli last year in the round of 16, I believe it was. Yeah. And this Atalanta team is way better. Yeah than that Napoli team. Absolutely. This Atalanta team is one of the hottest teams in Europe right now. Yeah. It's just a matter. And they play very similar to Liverpool in regards to the tactics. I'd say maybe Liverpool play a little bit more on the, uh, you know, in terms of pressing, they press higher up the field. Yeah. But they play very similar styles where their wing backs dominate the games. You know, tough midfields, you know, uh, defense that are comfortable on the ball and outstanding attackers absolutely absolutely the only difference is the goalkeeping yes liverpool have a world-class goalkeeper allison stud uh, atalanta stud romanista was holding his own but not at the same caliber i don't think of allison so that's going to be yeah put a star beside that game if you want an entertainment 100 percent. and on that note i'll give you how their schedule kind of drew up so they got a bit of luck here so their next game in City is against Napoli, and then they go into the condensed schedule. So then they got Michelin midweek, so four days later. Then they got Sampdoria, which should win. Then they play three days later against Ajax, that big game. Then they play Crotone, big deal. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> then, no respect. <laughs> then a couple days later, they got Liverpool. And this is where they favor you. 
So they play Liverpool midweek before that Inter game. So that's gonna that's gonna really test Atalanta and Inter. So Inter's gonna play Real Madrid midweek, then Atalanta, and then Atalanta's gotta play Liverpool that same week before the big game. See, so they're yeah, they're kind of in Inter's boat. Same thing. Yeah. You win your first two games, the fixture list works in their favor a little bit. If it you does. win those two first games, Liverpool, you can approach differently. Sure at you least, can. at least you're leading from the you know you're going from you're manage your games from being at the top position as opposed to you know chasing it, Absolutely. it makes a big difference so we'll see yeah what happens it'll be interesting it will be the build up to that inter atalanta game yeah i expect atalanta to finish second in the group i think liverpool is going to win this group but third wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for atalanta because this ix team will be tricky and i, I think ix atalanta those two games are going to be the difference i know Michiland is a tough team they're not at the level. These They're not at the level. These other three clubs. They might so. come up with a few surprises, but it's a it's yeah. a big hill for them to climb. Still Absolutely. A, you know, Absolutely. they're making a name for themselves only now exactly. on the Champions League stage. So let's move on to Group F, the beloved Lazio. This is where I think we come with the fall of Lazio. Um, Lazio's got a pretty decent group. It could have been worse. So they got Bruges, Dortmund, and Zenit Saint Petersburg in their group. So. Realistically, this Lazio team should make it out of this group, at least finish third and get into that round of 32 Europa League spot. But the one common theme that Juliano and I have always have talked about since the start of this podcast is this lack of depth in this squad. And playing every three, four days, what they showed in the season restart after the Serie A restarted the season this past summer is they cannot keep up playing every three to four days. They 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 just they fall they fell apart, and I think the story is going to be the same. Let's just I'll just read you their schedule in this condensed schedule. So Sampdoria, then they got Dortmund, then Bologna, then Bruges, a tricky Torino team, then Zenit. And then Juventus. Wow. So no easy games. No, no, no easy games. Zen, I would say Zenit St. Petersburg is like a dark horse to make it out of this group. They got a pretty good squad. Yeah, they're not. I would, they're not bad at all. I'm no. just gonna talk about them. They're first in the Russian league right now. Yeah. Even Club Brugge or Club Bruges. Yeah. Second place right now in the Belgian league. Yeah. Belgian first division. And then Dortmund is Dortmund, right? Yeah. You would think on paper, Lazio, you know, for all the City A fans, you would look on paper and think this should be an easy group for them, but no, it's really not. This is uh No. This is not an easy group. Club Brugge and Zenit are very tough opponents. They are. Solid defensive teams. They are, let alone Dortmund. The Dortmund's Dortmund. They are struggling right now, Dortmund, yeah. under Lucien Favre in the in the Budensliga. So they may not even come out of this group. Yeah. It's just a very even tough group. It's going to come down to some very tough matchups here. It is. And Lazio arguably has the tougher league out of all four teams. Absolutely. And that might be the difference between them making it through or not making it through. For sure. For sure. Well, that being said, let's move on to the last Italian team's group, Juve. The Hollywood matchup over here that UEFA has been trying to... I think this is the first time they're ever in the same group, Ronaldo and Messi. I think this is the first time ever. they've played each other since the 2008 Man U Barcelona final. Yeah. 
for in Champions League. In Champions League. So this is going to be interesting. So we got Juve, Barca, obviously, and then you got these poor teams, Dinamo Kiev, and uh, Ferenc Varos from, from Hungary and Hungary, respectively. Yeah. Um, credit to these teams. Congratulations on making it to the Champions League. But the two, you two teams are going to be fighting for that Europa League third place, realistically, because yes. at the end of the day, the top two is. In my books, has already been locked in with Barca, Juve. It's just a matter of who's going to finish first, who's going to finish second. Which and is a big deal to finish first in Champions League. It is it really a big is. deal. Seeding and everything, right? Seeding and everything. So this is Andrea Pirlo's big test. This is what he was brought in to win. And when you look at, I mean, when you look at Juve's schedule with the condensed Champions League, it favors them pretty well. So you got their next games against Crotone. Okay. okay. Then they play Dinamo Kiev midweek. Then on the weekend, they play Hellas Verona. Then midweek, they play Barca. But then they got a bit of a break because they play Spezia after that. And then they play Ferenc Varos before that Lazio game. So not the hardest of schedules. It's not the hardest With all due respect schedules. to the opponents. Yeah. No disrespect to the opponents, but it, for Juve... In that condensed Champions League schedule, of the four clubs, they probably got the easiest condensed schedule. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Juve can clinch first in this group. This yeah. Barcelona, there's been a lot of controversy at the club. They have uh, Ronald Koeman coming in, yep. former Dutch international coach. He's come in as a new Barca manager. He has unloaded everybody. He got rid of uh, Vidal, Luis Suarez, to Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Messi was close to leaving for Man City. Yeah, Messi's not a fan of him, is he? Yeah, there's a lot of headbutting. I don't think it's Messi's and a fan of him. I think more so Messi's butting heads with the president. So that yeah. club, anyway, is really destabilized. Definitely. A lot definitely. of problems there. So it'll be interesting to see if Juve can uh, take advantage of this Barcelona team, a team that's been a thorn in their side. The two Spanish giants have been a thorn in Juve's side from, yeah. you know, in, the last, in their last few campaigns. So it'll be interesting to see if Juve can finally take that step yeah this is what our champions was brought in to do so good luck to juventus good luck to all four clubs yes for the city that you know you're representing one of you're representing our league so you know we hope you all do well even though i can't stand lazio and juventus hope they do well anyways <laughs> let's move on to the europa league because i'm very excited to talk about this obviously because of the Gialarossi. Um, very favorable draws for all three Italian teams participating in the Europa League. Let's start right away with Group A, the best group in the the gr- best group there is. Why? Because AS Roma's in it. Yes. So we got Roma, we got uh, CSKA Sofia, we from got Bulgaria. Yeah, we got Cluj from uh, Romania, and we got the Young Boys. I don't think I need to touch much upon this. This is Roma's group to lose. They they better beat all of them, all of them. So, but we know it's not going to happen. We know it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. They should come first, though. They should come first in the group. If you're Paulo Fonseca, you know, yes, top four is your priority. But this is your way to sneak in a Champions League if you win this Europa League. So let's go, Roma, Forza Rossi. Just taking a look at their schedule. It's not bad. I think their squad can hold up. Next game after the international breaks against Benevento. Then we go into the condensed schedule. So Benevento, Young Boys. Then that big game against AC Milan. Then you play against Sofia, Fiorentina, Cluj. So yeah, the big question is going to be 
Does Roma take this competition serious? That's always that's, a big question for your Italian teams. That, yeah, Europa League Italian teams don't take it very seriously. Is Does Roma feel they have a legit chance of placing a fourth? And do they want to put even 60% of the effort to win in this competition? Yeah. That's going to be the big question. Yeah, well, if, if there's a Champions League spot on the line, you have to take exactly. this competition seriously. That's the other seriously. thing to consider, yes. You have to. I think so. I think you have to take any competition Absolutely. seriously. It's a sham. That's why we play the sport. Exactly. But for whatever reason, Italy dominated this trophy in the 90s. Yeah, and Parma. They, and they've been asleep since. in this competition since Spain. Well, Spain's all been, been dominating. Spain and Germany. Spain and Germany have been dominating. And England. England and Europa League too. They've yeah. won a few uh, between Chelsea and Liverpool. So, Absolutely. I hope to see some Italian teams win finally. Absolutely. Roma should be one of the favorites alongside you have some big teams in this uh, competition this year. Arsenal, you have Benfica. Yeah. You have, uh, well, we'll talk about the other Italian teams. Oh, Leicester right now, who I believe is sitting first in the yeah. Premier League right now. Yeah. You have or, sorry, they're, no, not first. They're top four. Yeah. Because uh, Everton and Ancelotti representing Italy is in first. Yeah. And then you got, not to mention, Tottenham, Villarreal, Sociedad. Like this this competition stuff, PSV Eindhoven. Yes, you have, you know, Mourinho. Lech Poznan from the extra class. So that's a tough team, Lech Poznan. No easy, you know, it's not an easy competition. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you get out of the group stages. So 100%. it's going to be an interesting. And then you got to consider who's going to come out third place in the Champions League and join yeah. in. So Good a lot to look forward to. But yeah, let's keep going let's down keep the going. list. Let's keep going. So Group F, Napoli's group, they, are, they were paired up with Real Sociedad, AZ Alkmaar. Are they going to show up Rayeka. to the games? Oh, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. Maybe they're not allowed. We don't know. Um, should win. Well, Sociedad's going to be tough. And so is Alkmaar. Alkmaar is going to be tough. But Napoli should have the quality to win this group, hands down. They should. Yeah. They win, like... They need to. Let's take a look at their schedule. Let's David take a- Silva to watch out for. Yeah. Remember, he was supposed to come to uh, Serie A for Lazio, yeah. and he decided to go Sociedad. back to Basque Country, Real Sociedad, in San Sebastian, beautiful yeah. part of the world. So we'll see if the Italian teams can get some revenge exactly. there. Exactly. And just taking a look at Napoli's first three games in the Europa League with this condensed schedule. Napoli's next game after the international break comes against Atalanta. Ouch. Then they play Alcamar midweek. Then they got the Campania Derby against Benevento. And then they'll play Sociedad midweek. Then they'll play what should be an exciting game against Sassuolo. And then Rijeka. So, depends how... Challenging. Challenging? I think it's more challenging than the Juventus' schedule, to be honest with you. Juve has a pretty straightforward schedule. Yeah, pretty straightforward. I wonder who they bought to get that schedule. (laughs) Oh, uh, anyways, enough <laughs> enough of that. Romanista. <laughs> let's move on to uh, let's move on to Group H here. AC Milan uh, should win this group. They're paired with Lille from uh, Ligue 1, Sparta Prague from the Czech, Czech League, and then a very tricky Celtic team from the Scottish Premier League should win this group. Should have the quality to win this group, but these are some tough teams. Should see what I was saying before. Do they take it serious? I had Milan in my top four. They are playing as a top four team right yeah. now. I think they take this Do serious. they take this serious and go all the way? They should. Yeah. They should. But like I said, do you, do you risk fielding your full-fledged team Yeah. and getting injuries? And, you yeah. know, one big injury can be the difference. Imagine they lose Theo Hernandez in a, in a Europa League game against Sparta Prague. But 
what is what is AC Milan's objective this year to win the Scudetto? I don't think no, so. To, what I, to get into Champions League spots. Here's another opportunity for you to get in the Champions League. But this is a lot harder. It's a lot harder to get into Champions League because only one team it's can true. get in through the Europa League. Only one team. And there's a lot of good teams. There's a lot of good teams, yes. I get that. But Or do you take your chance in Serie A to get in the Champions League? Well, obviously, your first priority is a Serie A. But that's why I think this Milan you team. You need to have this Europa League in your back pocket as well, because in case something goes wrong, in case something goes like, look at I'll, I'll just read you AC Milan's schedule. Go for it. Yeah. Okay, this is where they could possibly fall apart. Right. This is where they could fall apart. Next game, we know it's against Inter. Big game. Big game. Huge then game. they got Celtic midweek, and then they're going to have a real tough game against AS Roma couple days later that's not going to be an easy game to win whether Roma's a mess or not that ain't going to be it's an easy always game. a challenging game absolutely then midweek against Sparta then a cakewalk against Udinese a few days later then they play Lille and then they play Hellas Verona so not a not a bad schedule but that first week Inter Celtic Roma in seven days that's a tough schedule those three games that is critical for them and two of them obviously are Serie A so critical AS Roma aiming for top four gonna aim to beat Milan in that game Inter Milan Scudetto favorite gonna be aiming to win that game Celtic one of the most successful the success arguably the success most successful Scottish team in history well they are we know that they walk through the Scottish Premier League all the time um shout out to all the Celtic fans out there um they're going to be aiming to make a statement in the Europa League. That's three tough games in one week. It is, yeah. Can this AC Milan team hold up? That's why. That's why I'm saying don't be surprised if Milan crashes out of the Europa League. Not because they're not good enough. I just think... But because they don't care. Is I just think saying? I think their priority is going to be Serie A this year. They have a better chance in Serie A than winning the Europa League. Yeah. They're not... Like I said, a lot of good teams. You're going to have to play... And in, and in these knockout competitions too, a lot of luck comes yeah. into play. And that's something that, uh, you know, you're going to balance your Champions League hopes on luck and put everything into yeah. Europa League. Or if you play your league table, you got 38 games. Consistency usually shows you finish at the top of the table. So Definitely. And you want to talk about some other teams that are pretty difficult, to f- that are pretty difficult that are in this Europa League. This year... Before that third place Champions League team comes down into the round of 32, Feyenoord's in there. Who else is in there? Villarreal, we already said. Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim. Um, Ajax Athens is not a not a cakewalk like it used to be in the, from the Super League. So they're, they're, they're getting their stuff together. Braga from Portugal. Alkmaar. So, Leo, PSV. Yeah, Pauk. Granada. Granada's so, having a decent season for Leverkusen, too. Like... This nice. is gonna, yeah. yeah. This is gonna be a tough. This is gonna be a very interesting Europa League. It's why, very yeah, interesting. It's always, it's always tough. It's a very tough competition. Definitely, definitely. And Se- and Sevilla is not in it this yet. We don't know. Maybe they, <laughs> maybe they'll purposely finish third to win again. That's, that's what Sevilla does. Yeah, that's so, what Sevilla does. It's up for grabs this year. Seriously. So that's the that's the Champions League and the Europa League for you for our Italian teams. We wish all seven teams all the best. Hope they do well for the Serie A. Okay, so now let's move on to we got the UEFA Nations League. We're on the international break here. We really got to break down this Italian team. Roberto Mancini calling this squad. Uh, I'll read this squad over to you quickly, 
and uh, we'll get our th- we'll get uh, Giuliano's thoughts and my thoughts on the squad. So you have four goalkeepers: Alessio Cragno, Gianluigi Donnarumma, Marco Silvestri from Hellas Verona. Congratulations, and Salvatore Sirigu. Uh, so yeah, we'll go. We'll go yeah, by. We'll go by. So we'll start with the portieri. Yeah. Right. Portieri. Yeah. We'll start with them. Um. What do you think? Straightforward. Gianluigi Donnarumma is your number one. Salvatore Sirigu is your number three, or sorry, your number two, arguably. And then uh, Alessio Cragno, I think he deserves it. Yes, he had a bad game on the weekend, but he deserves it. Um, Marco Silvestri, congratulations on getting your first cap. Well, you might get your first you cap. Might get it. Yeah, we'll see. Because they got a friendly against Moldova uh, in two days on the 7th. So I would imagine that a Silvestri or a Cranio is going to play that game. Yeah, I would. I would hope to see Silvestri. He he's deserved that. I know Cranio too. I we you know we put Silvestri in our uh, team of the round yeah. uh, round two. Yeah, he deserves it. He's twenty nine. He's hitting the prime of his career. Definitely. I hope he gets a chance. I think he's an outstanding goalie, Silvestri. <laughs> yeah, we'll he's see done what- his time in Serie B. He's now he's here, Serie A. Absolutely. Here to stay. Absolutely. So let's go with uh, defenders here. So we got Francesco Acerbi, Cristiano Biraghi, Leonardo Bonucci, Giorgio Chiellini, Danilo D'Ambrosio, Emerson from Chelsea, Florenzi PSG, Lazzari from uh, Lazio, uh, Mancini from Roma, surprisingly Ogbonna from West Ham, and Spinazzola from Roma. So what are your thoughts on the defenders here? Not a big fan of it, to be honest. No, the defensive it, lineup, but really, there's no one else to choose from in Italy right no. now at the moment. But why Agbona? Like, is Agbona, he? He's ha- West Ham's having a great season right now. Okay. That's why. And Agbona has been at the heart of that defense for the past few seasons. Yeah, he's he's a good. He's 32, has a lot of experience, so he's a good backup. Yeah, to bring in. It's nobody's gonna take. Do you that think b- you should be bringing in a younger player though? Yeah, you know, where's Bastoni? Seriously, where's Bastoni? Where's Ferrari? Arguably the best talent right now. Yeah. uh, You know, a young talent in Italy right now in the defensive position. Exactly. Where are these players? Why aren't you bringing these players up? So I'm happy to see D'Ambrosio there. Uh, Palmieri, I don't believe should be there. I don't even think he plays for Chelsea anymore. Emerson just offers, he honestly just offers speed up that left side. But you have Spinazzola and Biragi there already. So why do you need to call up Emerson? I don't know. I know. Bring in something different. Yeah. Bring it, bring it. That could have been where Bastoni could have stepped in instead of Emerson. So Emerson, you're just really taking up a spot. So thanks a lot. Um, Florenzi got his call up. He scored for yeah. He's uh, been Petty. doing pretty well at PSG. Eh? He yeah. got his first day, his first goal. He's doing really well. He's doing really well. That move worked out really well for him. Now let's go to this golden generation of midfielders. So tough to call up anybody here. Yeah, it's really tough. But Nicola Barella, Giacomo Bonaventura, Gaetano Castrovilli, Brian Cristante, Jorginho from Chelsea, Manuel Locatelli, Lorenzo Pellegrini, Stefano Zenzi, and Marco Verratti. Initial thoughts on this? Great midfielders. First and foremost, yeah. One surprise for me is to see uh, Giacomo Bonaventura in there. I got two surprises. I don't for think you. he. I don't think he deserved a call up. No, not yet. And the second surprise is Brian Cristante. Yeah. I don't know. What are you doing, Brian? You know, Brian Cristante, you're better off playing for Canada because you're not. You're not good enough for this Italian national team. I'm sorry. Nah, yeah, he shouldn't. He. Not ever. Not ever. <laughs> not 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 yet. Not ever. A big waste of money. For Roma, sorry. Someone else should have been called up in that position. There's so many. 
Soriano's been playing good. Soriano's if you want to call good. players just based on form, yeah, you could have had Soriano. You could have. I know Inter fans aren't a big fan of him, but Gagliardini, he adds. He's he a big a body. Stud. He's six four. Yeah, he can pass the ball sometimes a yeah. bit inconsistent, but he can add something different yeah. to that midfield. This is a very small midfield. Yeah, it is. It's a very small midfield. Uh, something that might surprise Milano fans, but doesn't surprise us, is Sandro Tonali is not on this list. Not surprised. I've watched. I'm him. not surprised either. He's not ready. We no, said it. He's not ready. He's got a lot to learn. Promising player, but not yet. Sorry, no. Sandro. But look, one positive. Like you look at the ages. Yeah. Of these midfielders, 22 for Locatelli, Sanzi 25, Cristante 25, 24 Pellegrini. Don't count 23, Cristante. Man. Don't count him. Jorginho Verratti 28 yeah. and 27 respectively. Yeah. Bonaventura 31. He's not even old. That's yeah, I know. beautiful age. It seems like he's been around forever too. I know. He he could, you know. Yeah. He could be a X factor in this team. I don't think he deserved the call. Yeah. But he provides something different in regards to his range of passing and, and dribbling. Definitely, definitely. So so interesting midfield. That's interesting. Italy's strength yeah. is right here. And yeah. next is Italy's <laughs> attack. Probably their weakest. All right, you ready for it? Weakest thing about the Italian team right here. Let's and, say it. Let's go. Andrea Bellotti, Domenico Berardi, Francesco Caputo, Federico Chiesa, Stefan El Sharawi, Vincenzo Grifo, Ciro Immobile. Moise Kean, Kevin Lasagna, and Ricardo Orsolini. Thoughts? Let's just say, let's just put it this way. 27 goals scored between all these guys. Jeez. That's it. 27 goals. And this is the Italian national team. Like, are you for real? Hold on. This though. is the best hold, we could call up. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Ciccio Caputo, he deserves it. Oh, he does. He hasn't give, been given in his cap yet. No, Chichu he deserves Caputo it. Deserves it. Domenico Berardi. I'm just saying though, the numbers, it. the numbers from these striking, the strike force is terrible. Well, a lot of them are. A lot of them play on the flank, right? Like Kevin Lasagna. I don't understand that call. I don't understand the Kevin Lasagna call. Kevin Lasagna doesn't deserve to be there. No. Moise Kane doesn't deserve to be there. No. Al Shirawi doesn't deserve to be there. No. Vincenzo Grifo. Uh. Good player from Freiburg. Yeah. Doesn't deserve to be there. Orsolini, I put out as one of the bright talents in City. Yeah. Glad he's been given a chance. Yeah. Uh, Caputo definitely deserves to be there. Chiesa, he's not a forward. No, he's Mancini, play him. Yeah, play him. In the proper position, right midfield, right wing, back, whatever you want to call that spot, that's what he is. Yeah. People don't think this kid can play defense. He can play defense and he can dribble. He cannot score goals. No. He does not have it in him to score goals. He's a terrific crosser of the ball, and he hustles. That yeah. is his spot. Not every superstar player has to be a goal scorer. He plays up top. This FIFA generation of the best players are all the goal scorers, it's not true. This guy can play back and forth yeah. like no one else in Italy. So please utilize him properly. Absolutely. Moise Kane is not a right midfield, uh, not a right winger either. So I don't know why he's being brought in this team to play as a right winger. No. Play him no. in his position. Uh, who else? Stefano Sharawi. I can't say. I, Shanghai Shenhua. I don't know what he's done there. <laughs> I don't know how he's getting the call. I don't know. But Ardi, I hope, does something. Yeah, he deserves it. Playing Wallace Aswolo there. Hopefully Chiro can start popping in some goals and become 
what he's supposed to become for the Sizzori team. Yeah. And uh, Andrea Bellotti is just a solid backup right now, I think, in regards to what we have. I disagree, but... Who else? But who else are we going to take uh, as a backup? Problem. Who, who else? else are we going to take? Andrea Patania. Give the guy a shot. Yeah, why not? Seriously. Give the guy a shot. You want? We haven't had a big striker that can hold up a ball since Luca Toni. No. Well, Graziano Pelle gave us that very brief that stint, glimpse. Yeah. That glimpse. And you blinked and you missed his career for Italy. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. But technically, we haven't had a solid one since Luca no. Toni, right? I think Andrea Patania is that guy. He just needs to be given the chance. Both for Napoli and for yes. the national team. So, But I hope to see Caputo, who is at the bottom of yeah. this list that I'm looking at. Yeah. That's right. That's why I missed him. So he, for me, he sh- uh, based on form alone yeah. and ability, this guy is above every... Yeah, every striker in this list. He, he, he deserves it. He is. He deserves it. And you know, to, to me personally, it feels like he's been around forever. Because I remember he was he was on body when they were in City, and that feels like it was forever ago. Yeah. So he must have just been starting out his career at that time. But uh, I don't know. Thirty three. I don't care about his age. No, he can do it. This guy can do it. He can do it. Graziano Pelle was that was around that age when uh, he was playing for the national team. So why can't you Caputo, right? Give the man a chance. I hope, I hope to see my ideal lineup here would be uh, Caputo, Barardi on the right, mm-hmm. and on yeah, the left, on the left side, Orsolini. Left He plays more so on the right, but yeah, maybe if Orsolini can put in some crosses, yeah, maybe that's why he's calling up Grifo. Or you talk Chiesa, play right. Yeah, and cross the ball and stop trying to yeah. cut in. Well, the thing with Berardi, Berardi can play both on the right side and the left side. This is what's so amazing about Domenico Berardi. He can actually play right wing, left wing, and striker, so or center forward. He can play anywhere in that attack. So, um, is a lethal left foot that guy. He does. He really does. This guy deserves to be there. Hope to see him get uh, get some minutes for the Nazionale there, and uh, we'll see. But uh, so Italy's got three games. Um, they got uh, their first one is a friendly against Moldova, which will probably field their C team. That takes place at that in the, on Wednesday at the Artemio Franchi in Firenze, and then uh, the big game on Sunday, October 11th, goes in Gdańsk, Poland, against Polska. The internal battle for my children, uh, Italy versus Poland. Can't wait for that game. Can't wait to mop the floor with Poland. Uh, there'll be tears in Gdańsk, that's for sure. So. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Italy wins this game two nothing. I think they got too much power for this Polish team. Uh, I don't think Robert Lewandowski breaks breaks through, and uh, Wojciech Szczesny is Wojciech Szczesny for the Polish national team. Uh, doesn't have the defense he does for Juventus, but that's debatable. And then uh, yeah, we have we have a few City yeah, talents in the lineup. Yeah. Is Kamil Glick, Zelinski. I don't know if Zelinski's playing. No. Did Berzinski get called up? I didn't really Berzinski look at the Polish probably team. probably uh, got called up. Uh, okay. So there's quite a few City Ad talent yeah, in this team. there's a lot of City Ad talent. Did Milik get called up? That nobody? Good question. Probably not. I think, uh, yeah, I think he did. They must have mistake. nobody else to call. You got Piontek, Milik, Lewandowski. They must have nobody to call if Milik's there because he hasn't played a minute yet. And he's training on his own. He's got all this drama going on. Well, you know Lewandowski's the go-to man. Yeah, Lewandowski's the go-to guy anyway. So, But uh, you know that game goes in Gdańsk, Poland on Sunday, October the 11th. And then three days later, we face the Dutch one more time in Bergamo. 
in Bergamo. Yeah, that'll be an exciting game. I thought the first game was really exciting, showed that Italy is back, but I think the Dutch are going to be better prepared. I think now, because now Frank De Boer is the coach, right? For the Dutch national, so you're going to see a different lineup for this uh, former inter former inter coach. Didn't last very didn't long. Last long, another guy you blinked. He won the MLS Cup with Atlanta, though, right? He uh, he no, won. he didn't. No, it wasn't Frank De Boer. Was that it? was uh, what's his uh, Tata Martinez. Yeah, sorry, Tino Martinez. Yeah. Uh, he won it. Argentinian coach. Yeah. De Boer came in and After. also destroyed them. <laughs> <laughs> So he's destroying everybody. So maybe he's going to destroy this Dutch team too. I don't know. I think they're going to line up very different though. So we'll we'll see. That'll be interesting. But uh, Italy wins these two games. I think they got a firm grasp on first place in the UEFA Nations League. We'll make it out to the next round. Yeah, that Dutch game is going to be a nice, uh, yeah, nice game. A lot of talent in that Dutch team. Yeah. Quite a few. I mean, uh, City uh, players in there as well. Yeah, like Hattabor. We got to see if he'll get the start. Divrai is in there. Who else do we have from uh, Italy in here? We have Martin Darun from Atalanta. That's right. There's there's big there's big uh, Serie A names in here. Yeah. Good luck to them. Hope you don't win. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But they're a solid team. I think they Italy. Though, Italy's team. Italy. This is Italy's team. This is, or sorry, this, this is Italy's, is Italy's competition. Italy is one of the better. And teams Mancini in really wants to win this tournament and do well in this tournament because of seeding for World Cup qualification. So yes, I'm glad to see that he's actually taking it seriously. He has to. Italy needs something to cheer for because Italy's been abysmal to watch the past ten years. They sure have been. We need to bring something back for the Italian fans to cheer for. Absolutely, and I think that the Nations League might be one of them. So, let's. With that being said, let's move on. It's deadline day. A couple of shifts have happened here. Transfers left, right, and center. Yeah. So the big one, Federico Chiesa, unfortunately joins Juventus. Bad move. Bernardeschi 2.0. I think they might ruin him. That's my thoughts on it. I agree. We talked about this last time. I said, Chiesa, don't make this move to Juve. He's obviously not listening. No. Bad advice from your agent. You need a new agent, my friend. He yeah. may have got you a nice deal, but me personally, it's not the right career move for him. It's not. Where is he going to play? There's too much competition at Juve. Where is he going to play? Federico is a young talent. He needs to be in a team like Fiorentina. Or maybe a Milano. I thought Milano would have been a I good thought, destination yeah, for, for me. Him. Milan is a better fit. Yeah. Roma's a better fit. Uh, Roma's a mess. Don't. But that's it's a better fit. At least he can yeah. go into that team. Juve. The only argument is he's going to be surrounded by great players in training. Yeah. So there's a lot to learn. There is from the likes of uh, Ronaldo, for yeah. instance. Yeah. So we'll see. that's we'll see. Ultimately, it's just yeah. it's all guesswork. Yeah, I see another Bernadeschi here in the making. I, uh, Bernadeschi two point. Bernadeschi had down. Bernadeschi had more talent than Chiesa when he went to Juve. Yeah, and now people are talking about Bernadeschi. He's like he's the worst player on the planet. Yeah, that kid's confidence is shattered. He should be a mainstay in the Italian national team. Bernadeschi right and now, he's not. considering the offensive lineup we just mentioned, yeah. and he's not even considered. No, no. So Federico. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Hopefully uh, it works out for you. I think it was a, a bad decision. Yeah. Wrong time to leave Fiorentina. Definitely. You were the man of that team. You just found your position in that team. Yeah. 
say la vie. Yeah. But speaking of uh speaking of Fiorentina, Fiorentina's been in Fiorentina's doing some uh been doing some work. So Kaye Han is having his Fiorentina medical right now. If he's if not, he's probably already had it. So Kaye Han is looks like he's gonna be replacing yeah, free agent. Chiesa. He was a free agent, no yep. one picked him up. Good for Kaye Han. Uh they've also picked up Quarta. And Barreca. Barreca, form the Antonio Barreca from Liga. He's been at Monaco for the longest time. Yeah. Kind of flopped there. Yeah, he was a very he promising Genoa. talent. He was in Lona yeah. Genoa last very year. Very promising talent, and now he's back, left back. Yeah, but he's gonna sit behind Biragi. It's very obvious, but well, he gives Biragi a run for his money, right? Yeah, Biragi, true. you got to perform now, or else that's I'm gonna true. take your spot, right? Yeah, and then uh, two other. Uh, well, one big one for Fiorentina is Fiorentina is rumored to be trying to bring in Piontek. Yes. Um, we'll see if that gets done. We'll see if that gets done. I don't think it's going to get done, but we'll see. Um, Ciaccherini, who's been starting in all their games, yeah. surprisingly has been loaned out to Hales Verona. Yeah. So Verona make a, a nice signing there. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Gerard. Kalinic went to Verona as well. Kalinic. Yeah. That's, that's a new one. Yeah. Kalinic went to Verona as well. From Atletico, eh? Yeah. The one, the one I want to talk about um, is for all you Manchester United fans out there, Dermot. Um, so Man United spent forty million on At- an Atalanta up-and-comer called Arman Traore from uh, Ivory Coast, uh, who joins the Red Devils uh, for thirty million plus ten million in add-ons. I think that's a boatload of money for an unproven player. They know Man U has the money and they take advantage of it. So That's the problem with Man, Man United. Thank you very much for all the money you've given Atalanta. <laughs> Can probably pick up another solid player for that, whether that be in January or yeah, it's probably gonna be in January because there's not enough time now. Yes, to move on to other transfers, Gerard Delofeu yeah. makes a move from Watford to Udinese. What so. a shock! Watford to Udinese. What a shock! What a good, shock! Good move for Udinese. Though. No, good move for Udinese, but it's always Watford Udinese. Shows are taking the. Season a bit serious. No, he wants to not. prove his best. No, they're not. Uh, we have a signing. Uh, Adam Juanes. Uh, oh, yeah. Napoli went, player goes to Cagliari. He went to Cagliari. So Cagliari yeah. added some offensive uh, yep. players there. We have here as well. Who else made a move? Federico oh. Bonazzoli from Sampdoria made a surprising move to Torino. What? Yes. Does it, did this just happen? This just happened. Uh, Bonazzoli, I'm wow. very surprised. Maybe that's, that's good for him. But he went from <laughs> he went from having to get ahead of... Uh, and he was getting time. Against Qualirella. Against Qualirella. Now he has to get ahead of Balotti and Zaza. Well, I think he might get ahead of Zaza. Maybe. It's a strange move. It's like a lateral move. It's not an improvement. It's not a downgrade. I don't know. It's a very strange move. Yeah, it is very strange. Considering, too, that some well, can't score that. goals. Um, what's another one? B- uh, Bakayoko joins Napoli. Bakayoko joined Napoli, yes. Yeah. He's been a bit of a jur- journeyman recently, yeah. former Milano midfield. Yeah. Quadro Azamoa from Inter was released. Diego Perotti, the long serving, <laughs> Roma servant, and he's gone to Fenerbahce in Turkey. Yeah. Finally, that guy's been collecting paychecks doing nothing for the last couple of years. Yeah, so good for that. We're happy to get him off the books. And then in another strange move, I find it strange personally, is Justin Clivert has joined RB Leipzig on loan. And When Roma's very late right now yeah, up top. We're, we're very late up top. We were Apparently, according to Sky, we were supposed to bring in El Sharawi supposed to bring him back and but now El Sharawi's off because the move the move can, deal can't get done in time so 
This is the circus that is Roma, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. So another big transfer is Matia Di Cilio goes to Lyon. Yeah. So he'll get some Champions League time there, I believe. No, are they in Champions League, Lyon? I think Lyon's in Champions they League. They are. They have to be. Yeah. So he should get some Champions It's a loan move anyway. Yeah. Douglas Costa. Douglas Costa goes to Bayern Munich with uh, our favorite player from Liga. Oh, Chupamotang. Chupamotang. He's back in the Bundesliga. Yeah, good for him. Wesley Hoet. Dutch uh, center back from yeah. Southampton is back in Italy with Lazio. Yeah. Adding to their defensive uh, yeah. lineup. And that's really uh, all. The, Goyak, the, uh, Ar- Goyak Amer has uh, joined Torino from Dinamo Zagreb. Yes. How could I miss this one? Matteo Darmian, Parma to enter. Yeah. Because he can play in that right center back position. So he will give the center back positions a bit of competition. Adds depth. I like that signing. You have a big signing for Parma. Yeah. Wyland Cyprien, 25-year-old French midfielder. Yeah. This guy was very promising. A talent for the French national team. Hasn't fully lived up to his uh, potential yet, but he can uh, make a big difference in this Parma midfield. If you want to pair him to someone, he's like a Nagolo Kante who can probably score a few more goals. He's yeah. a very good, hard-working midfielder. Absolutely. Uh, another one, Inter has loaned out one of their uh, studs, uh, youth studs, and Lorenzo Pirola has signed on a dry loan to Monza. Yes. So he's not going too far away, but uh, he's going to... Uh, down the road. He's going to a really good team. Yes. Really good Serie B team, I would say. Also, uh, Milan has loaned out Diego Dalot from Man U. Yeah. Portuguese right back. Yeah. So Nine goal line is set for Inter stay. So he's not going to Cagliari. Interesting from Inter. Yeah. Siligardi from Parma is going on a season-long loan to Crotone. Siligardi has kind of been a journeyman, uh, was a Juventus youth product, has been all around the Serie A, Serie B between Livorno, I think Hellas Verona as well in Parma. So he was going to go get some time at Crotone. I think that's a good move for Crotone. Um, and some other big moves too Sampdoria Ranieri really working on the transfer market with Sampdoria they signed Adrian Silva from Leicester 31 Portuguese uh, midfielder former national player yeah. and Daniele Dugani from Juve finally leaving Juventus congratulations Daniele you finally another did player the who has suffered under another youth player who suffered under Juve because it's you know not to say Juve doesn't take care of the youth players but it's so hard to break into this team yeah so it's it's about time he got out of there because every time he played for Juve it seemed like they were losing games he's going to Stade Rene they are currently I think top of the table in France yeah. so they'll be interesting to watch Dalbert as well going to the same team Stade Rene from Inter that's a loan uh, with a fee of 2.5 million Eunice from Napoli leaves for Eintracht Frankfurt back to his homeland on loan of uh, Germany. And Halas Verona pick up Rolando Vieira from Sampdoria. Yeah. Exciting English midfielder. Yeah. Uh, a couple of other things. Um, Diego Laxalt has made Celtic. his loan move to Celtic. To Celtic for <laughs> Milan. Interesting. Yeah. And they you play each other. Is he going to play against uh, Milan in the well, Europa I'm League? I'm sure he will. And the best signing. For anyone that's into memes, sorry, Andres Pereira, no offense to you, the man you legend is coming to Lazio, Andres Pereira. Yeah. 
the guy's legendary. Look up his videos on YouTube, please, people. <laughs> and then uh, just one final one. It's it's uh, the player doesn't move this year, but uh, he will be a event. He is now officially a Juventus player. So Juventus have signed Rolando Mandragoria for ten point seven million from Udinese, but the midfielder will stay on loan at the Friuli for the next year. That's a good signing. A That's a good signing for Juventus. Yes, really good signing. Has no loyalty to Udinese now. He knows that if Udinese goes down, he's gonna go right back to Juventus. So, which is even worse for Udinese right now, <laughs> as if they needed that. I think so. But how about Roma? They signed some backup uh, for Jacko. So Borja, Borja, Mayoral, Mayoral. I'm very from happy. Real Madrid, two-year loan, two-year loan with an option to buy. Very good signing I think only 23 it seems like he's been around forever yeah we, I, we talked about it briefly last podcast I'm very happy with this move uh, fantastic I understand that Ed and Zecco will be getting some time between the Europa League Coppa Italia and uh, Serie A so I'm very excited to see someone like that um, and yeah looking forward to it yeah he's, he has some okay numbers he was at Levante in yeah. La Liga he scored 8 goals with Levante that was really his highlight season so yeah it's okay he has a lot of stepping up to do 34 games 8 goals 2 assists yeah in 18-19 season for Levante too he played 29 games 3 goals 2 assists so not the greatest goal scoring record but hopefully yeah he can come to fruition at uh, yeah yeah it's something any other transfers in the making here? I think that's it because I think the deadlines. It's eight o'clock. Wrapped it's eight twenty in Italy, and that's past the, the deadline. Closed at eight. Unless there's some late paperwork that went through that we don't know about, but that's it. Exciting stuff. Yeah, exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. So uh, enjoy the international break. Yeah, enjoy the international break, and uh, we uh, will uh, reconvene next week. Uh, to go over the international break and uh, and uh, preview the uh, the upcoming games for the city. I just wanted to touch base on uh, quickly before we go on uh, City B. So Cittadella again on top with six points. Uh, Regina Calcio second place four points. Jeremy Manet is having quite a season already. Maybe Roma should sign him. Yeah, well Roma let him go for nothing. So. Um, Monza again with another tie, a team to watch. Zero goals, four zero against, two points. Not bad for a City FC team. And then just very, very quickly, the City, the best, the best group of the City FC, City FC Group C, the best Southern teams are in this team. Are in this. We got uh, Ternana on top. Uh, they're tied along with Teramo and of course the Bares body, who are trying to come up. Um, and then uh, unfortunately they've only played one game so far City FC is a bit of a mess with COVID-19 but uh, the the very depressing it is only they've only played one game um, so far these two teams but the bottom two teams are Palermo and Trapani so very sad to see that but uh, hopefully uh, things will turn around for them there all right, and that wraps up everything for this episode. Thank you for uh, listening to us. Follow us on Twitter again at Radio Tifosi. Follow us on Facebook as well. Yeah, at Tifosi Football Radio. 
and please leave your comments rate we're on spotify apple podcast Podcasts, google podcast and google podcast you can find us everywhere. and amazon and amazon. amazon music podbean as well so please spread the word if you like what you're listening to and uh stay tuned for next week we'll bring some more exciting content ciao ragazzi ciao